Hello, my praying people, and welcome to the Prayer Clinic Podcast. Today, my husband Tom and I are going to share with you a message that the Lord put in my heart, really back at Easter, but um, we're we're moving it to Christmas because so much of what we think about and what we focus on at Christmas time. Um, we also focus on and think about at Easter as well. So this uh, message is called The Fragrance of Christ. And just a little bit of background, we have a, a dear friend, really a pastor and his wife who live right here in Spring Hill, Tennessee with us. And um, they are Mark and Leanne Rampula. They lead the Southview Church, one of our sister churches here in town. And several months ago, Mark invited Tom and me to come and fill his pulpit, their pulpit there at Southview, on this coming Sunday, which is December 4. So um, Tom invited me to, uh, well, we kind of collaborated in what message we were going to share and what the Lord put on our hearts. And when we thought of this particular message that God had given me, it was really originally a devotion for our church staff. And um, anyway, you'll find out why it leans itself toward Christmas as we share it with you. And long story short, Tom invited me to um, provide the notes for us to speak from. And because we did that, and this is very different than what he typically does, it's more in line with what I typically do when I go and I speak in places, we decided that we'd give it a trial run. And then being the multitaskers that we are, we decided that in the trial run, we would go ahead and record this for our podcast. And that's why I'm giving you this podcast introduction. But as we started setting things up to record for the podcast, I thought, well, why don't we just go ahead and record this on Zoom so that I can put it on um, on Facebook as not Facebook, I don't want to put it on Facebook, even though I guess I could, but so I could load it up onto my YouTube channel. So here we are with a Zoom meeting going on, a great big microphone for the podcast, the podcast recording going on, and our notes for our message. Only I don't have my good husband here right now because when he sat down and saw all this, it made him nervous and he had to go take a little break and come back. So <laughs> in just a minute, we're going to be back with all the cameras on to record this message. Oh, wow. I'm excited to be a guest on your podcast uh, this meeting. So I'm thanks. excited for you to be a guest. Oh, and I want to go wear my glasses on my podcast <laughs> at this start meeting. Over. <laughs> no, it's all right. We can do it. Right. So I already told them that we're doing podcasting, preparing for tomorrow, and Zooming all at the same time. Well, so I'm we'll be up on YouTube and podcast. Glad to be here. <laughs> Lord, I just pray you bless yeah. the time that Leanne have uh, we have together with our friends. And uh, just bless this teaching, Lord, and uh, fill us with your spirit and guide our minds and our mouths and our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll get started. So, Tom, they say that smells have a stronger link to memory and emotions than any of our other senses. The sense of smell. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's good we're practicing. <laughs> I, think, I think that's true. Let's do a little test and see if it is. All right. 
when you smell olive oil, what do you think of? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know it for a long time, but my mom used to put olive oil on her face as a child, and I did not realize as I got older, even as an adult, when I smelled olive oil, I connected it to my mom, and I didn't know why, and it was because she put olive oil all over her face, and as a child, right before she went to bed and she'd tuck me in, I'd smell that. So that's what it, that's how I was connected to my mom through olive oil. <laughs> so every time you smelled olive oil, even as don't you're like that just makes me think about my mama. You had this warm like loved yes. feeling. As I all dip over. another piece of bread yeah. in it. <laughs> that's why you love it so much. So you're actually supposed to ask me when you smell turkey, what comes to your mind? It's got your initials. I know, but you need to ask me that question because I was going to answer it, not you. So we're making it right while we go. So I'll just tell y'all, when I smell turkey cooking in the oven, I always, what comes to my mind is waking up in the night on the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, when it's still in the wee hours of the morning. And my mom always put the turkey in when she went to bed and it would start smelling about two or three in the morning. And so the smell of turkey cooking does not make me think about Thanksgiving. It makes me think about Christmas because of our our Christmas turkey that would be cooking on that night. All right. Well, what are some of your favorite smells or scents at Christmas? Christmas. Mine are, I love the smell of peppermint. I don't love peppermint, but I love the smell of peppermint. Mm. I love the smell of chocolate, any kind of chocolate. I love the smell of chocolate. Okay. What about you? Uh, you don't have any favorites? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. So perhaps this powerful sense of smell is why the kings of ancient times were anointed. Back in the biblical days, they didn't have marching bands or um, announcers or... Uh, you know, news stations, social media, even sirens. They had none of these things to clear the path or to make the way. But instead, they had this fragrance of the anointing. Mm. And every king was anointed with oil. And so the people would smell him coming. And that's the way they knew that a king was on his way, uh, a way to him. Well, Let's read where a king was anointed. In 1 Samuel sixteen thirteen. David was anointed as king. And the scripture says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, that is David, in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Mm-hmm. Think about what life must have been at uh, Jesse's dinner table a couple of days after that youngest son had been anointed and all of his brothers were there with him. And no doubt the the fragrance of David's anointing continued to linger in their house, and all the brothers were there aware of it. And they may or may not have liked that, but they knew that their brother was the king, and they were living in the presence of the king. Oh, I think that it would have been pretty quiet at that dinner table (laughs) as they're sitting there going, hmm, I wonder what this is about. I wonder what this is. And this throughout the Old Testament, we read about how the kings were anointed um, prior to their ruling. And then so everywhere that the king went, this fragrance of his anointing went with him. And I, I looked up to see what did they use to anoint the kings and they used olive oil as the base which totally makes sense because olive trees grow all over israel but then the fragrances were myrrh and cinnamon 
which is really cool to me because cinnamon is a very popular scent and a Christmas smell. And then myrrh is a fragrance that is related to Christmas. That's right. Christmas is certainly a season of fragrances. What would our Christmas story be without the wise men and the gifts that they bring to Jesus, to uh, Mary mm-hmm. and Joseph there at the uh, that house in Bethlehem. Let's read that Christmas story, Matthew 2, 1 to 12. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men, came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard what he this he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him and when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law he asked them where was the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem of Judea they replied for this is what the prophet has written but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah by no means the least among the rulers of Judah for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared and they sent he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went their way, and the star that they had seen it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Hmm. We don't really know that there were three wise men, even though that's how many we put out on our nativity scenes. You know, a few of them could have gone in together on a gift, they could <laughs> like have. we like to do. That's right. And multiples. so there could have been a lot more wise men, or there could have been less we know there were more than one because it was multiple it's not safe to travel so i imagine there were a large group even if there were only three wise men they had a lot of guys with them traveling that far from another country that makes sense for for bragglers and bandits and such so most likely when you think about this, unlike how we dis- display the wise men, it would have been a group of people who descended onto Mary's home. And what we do know is that they were they were wealthy men and that their study of the stars, they were learned men, um, had led them to Bethlehem. They had come from far away and they're looking for a king because of this star and they knew the star heralded a king. And they couldn't have possibly been looking for a king of the Jews because that was just such a small thing. I'm sure they were looking for something much bigger than that, not just a Jewish king, but somebody even more. But the part that we're going to focus in on today is that they came bearing gifts that were fit for a king. They came bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are men most likely having traveled with these gifts and being wealthy men would have smelt like the frankincense and the myrrh that they carried. They would have, maybe that's why the tradition says that they were kings because they smelt like they had the anointing of kings because of the valuable um, fragrances they were carrying. And I would imagine that when they came, Mary and Joseph and all of their neighbors could smell this uh, group of people just as much as they could see them because of the the strong fragrance that they brought. And then I would also imagine that once they were gone, they could still smell the fragrance lingering after they were long gone. That made me remember that our daughter Kaylee... (laughs) 
<laughs> used to have to give up her bed when I would bring my grandma up to stay with us. And, and she didn't like the way her bed smelled when grandma left. <laughs> She'd go to bed and say, my bed smells like grandma. Yeah, smells linger <laughs> with us. And uh, Leanne and I traveled to Israel, and one time we, early on when we were in Israel, uh, we had been there like seven or eight days and eaten nothing but what uh, they fed us, the local uh, yeah. delicacies, and we were longing for some really American food. And so we found the only single, only Burger King in all of Israel. We ate there, and we we delighted in it, but yes. we smelled like hamburgers. We smelled like, and we and noticed that we, we noticed smelled, we smelled, like, smelled like Americans. <laughs> So we don't even know that we smell that way, but we do. So the point being, though, that um, ordinary people living in Bethlehem don't have the means to possess gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God sent these wise men to shower his son like a king with gifts that were befitting a king. And I would imagine that when Mary pondered these things in her heart, she remembered what it smelled like to entertain these men Anytime she happened to be in the marketplace, maybe later when um, Jesus was growing up and a royal person from the family walked by with his fragrance going with him, I bet in her heart would have triggered this memory of these visit from the wise men and the gifts that they brought and gave and that they were given to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So um, don't forget that smells have a stronger link to memory and emotion than any other of our senses. Hey, let's jump over into John chapter 12. Let me read a couple of verses in uh, verses 1, 2, and 3. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, and Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Jesus was anointed with this fragrant, expensive oil, this expensive uh, perfume by Mary. Mm. And uh, so uh, can you imagine uh, how the fragrance and of this anointing filled the house and what might have triggered Jesus' mother uh, Mary had seen there, there that day, perhaps the memory of Jesus as a toddler and his visit with the three wise men or ten wise men or how many there might <laughs> yeah. have been. The smell of Mary's anointing didn't dissipate quickly. Smells like these have a way of lasting. And the very next day, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, heralded as the king. So John 12, 12 and 13 say the next day, right after Mary, Martha's sister Mary, anointed him with oil, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and they took palm branches, and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel, and the fragrance of Jesus' anointing wafted through the crowd, even before they could see him come and the people could smell the familiar scent of an anointed king and they knew he was on his way. Hail to the king, king of, of Israel. Israel. Now consider that throughout this entire week, the fragrance of Jesus' anointing went with him wherever he went, back and forth to Bethany, when he cursed the fig tree, as he entered and exited the temple, when he went to the Mount of Olives, 
when he sat with his disciples at the cedar meal, the fragrance of his anointing continued to linger throughout that week. When Judas came up to Jesus after dark in the garden of Gethsemane and kissed him on his cheek, he could not help but still smell the faint fragrance of the anointing that Mary had given him. Even later, as Jesus bent down over Malchus, who had uh, had his ear cut off by Peter, not that he was trying to trim his ear, he was probably trying to cut his <laughs> neck, and Malchus was bending for his life. Yeah. Jesus takes that ear and puts it back on. You remember that miracle? And when Jesus gets close to Malchus, that slave, that servant, perhaps he could smell the fragrance of that anointing on King Jesus, the Lord of Lords. And then when he was brought to Annas' house, Annas, the father-in-law of the high priest uh, Caiaphas, the most likely, most likely the most powerful person in that area, and all those arrogant, pompous religious rulers there waiting, the entire Sanhedrin, all of them could smell the fragrance of the anointed one. Mm. When Peter boldly followed, but uh, closely, he did not get close because he was a little afraid, but he was bolder than all the rest of the disciples. Maybe, uh, maybe he smelled a little bit like Jesus as they'd been hanging out together. I wonder if that's why he got by that coal fire to cover up that coal, uh, that charcoal, that charcoal smell, smell yeah. to cover up that fragrance. Um, maybe Peter, uh, maybe Peter smelled like Jesus a little bit there. Mm. And then when Jesus stood before Pilate, even Pilate most likely smelled the lingering fragrance of Jesus's anointing. And perhaps it was that fragrance that prompted him to try to find a way out of this pretty prickly situation. <laughs> Certainly his wife smelled Jesus and knew that her husband should have nothing to do with his demise. The soldiers that mocked him and those who flogged him and all walked away with the unique smell of Mary's perfume lingering in their noses. Even the one who ended up with his robe mm. at the cross of Calvary no doubt had that fragrance of that oil that came from that precious perfume that Mary gave and broke and spilled out over Jesus. Wherever they went having that robe on, they could still smell the anointing fragrance of Jesus. Simon of Cyrene drew close enough to Jesus to smell the sweetness mingled with the sweat and blood when he carried that heavy cross up Golgotha's hill. The soldiers who nailed him on that beam probably smelled that fragrance of a king as they drove the nails into his wrist and feet. Perhaps the criminals on the right and left, if the wind came from their direction or opposite their direction, they could smell that fragrance on Jesus, the anointed king. Mary's anointing went with Jesus all the way to his death. The king had come, and the fragrance of his anointed continued long after he was gone. God heralded his son as a king through the gifts of the wise men, and he, escort, and he escorted him home through the anointing of Mary. He came into the world with a fragrance, and he left this world with a fragrance. He is the anointed Messiah. Mm. Now, if you go with us over to 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 16, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version that kind of expands and helps us understand exactly what these verses are saying. Uh, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. 
For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to the latter one an aroma from death to death, a fatal offensive odor, but to the other an aroma from life to life, mm-hmm. a vital fragrance living and fresh, and who is adequate and sufficiently qualified for these things. Over these next few weeks, you're going to be inundated with the smells of Christmas. Most likely, those smells are going to trigger memories. And as you go, we're actually giving away, with the podcast, you don't have this, but we've taken little pieces of cloth and saturated them with olive oil and cinnamon and myrrh. Mm -hmm. And we're handing these out to all of our friends at South Youth Church tomorrow when we go with them. But imagine that you have this little piece of cloth with you and you can carry it with you as a reminder that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who came from heaven to live among us, to love us, and to demonstrate his love in the ultimate sacrifice of his life on the cross, simply so that we could live with him forever. You could simply take a handkerchief or a cloth Mm. and get your favorite uh, fragrance Fragrance, and put on it and keep it in your pocket through the Christmas season as a reminder, the anointing of Jesus. Yeah, and the fact that we are that, that fragrance. We carry the literal fragrance of Christ wherever we go. We are what the scripture says. We are the unqualified yet chosen triumphal witnesses who spread the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God and to those around us everywhere we go. Today, if you're watching this, there's a a great chance, the most likely chance that you do know Christ as your Savior. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, we would certainly encourage you to do so. Just, Just a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, Come into my heart. Save me. Mm -hmm. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. And uh, this would be the most precious season, this Christmas season, to give your heart and your life to Christ. That's good. That's good. Who but God would set up a story like this? For hundreds of years, the tradition of anointing is used for the kings. And then it just so happens that when his son is born, the wise men come bearing gifts for a king, and thus Jesus smells a whole lot like a prince. Who but God would sit and soak in the unrestrained, shameless worship of a woman knowing that her anointing is heralding his impending suffering and death? Mm. A God like this is the one that we know. A God like this is the one who knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. He's the one whose plans will not be thwarted, one of my favorite words, whose name will be worshipped and whose love is perfect. He loves you. Mm -hmm. He understands you. And he invites you to enter into the adventure of an intimate personal relationship with him. That's right. Anointing with oil is, has rich and deep spiritual meaning all throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament. In the Old Testament, the priests were anointed. That means set apart for a service to the Lord. The kings were anointed. That means set apart in service as leaders to the nation. 
in the New Testament. We have seen today Jesus was anointed by Mary before the Passover, his betrayal, mock trial, and crucifixion. Oil represents the presence and power of the Spirit of God throughout Mm -hmm. the Bible. Jesus was often referred to as the anointed one, using oil as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit being present and acting in Christ and in His life. All of us need the presence and power of God in our lives. We all need the anointing of God on us and in us all the time, every day. We all need the fragrance of Jesus continuing to linger in and among us and on us and through us. This morning or whenever, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're viewing this on Facebook or listening to this podcast, listen, you may feel the heaviness of life. We've been in strange days for nearly two years with COVID. It comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. The economy's... (laughs) and a lot of pressure. It it may just be the stress of daily responsibility, the attacks of the enemy Satan has worn you down. Today would be a great day that you could just say, I want a fresh touch of Jesus. I need the fragrance of Christ spilled on me again. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. And right now you can do that. And and you can have, if you're watching this with friends, you could lay hands on each other and pray for each other, maybe even get some olive oil and anoint each other and pray over you, which would be perfectly appropriate or fine. Or you could just pray for yourself and just say, Lord, give me a fresh touch of you. I need the fragrance of Christ on me and then and then emanating through me to all those around me. So today, yeah. if you need that, we just encourage you, let the fragrance of Christ, the anointing of Christ come fresh on you yeah. one more time today. That's good. That's good. You know, what I have discovered is about this anointing of Christ. When we ask him, he will show us people who... Um, well, and I think everybody we bump into can benefit from encouragement and being loved on. But I've I've tried to lately really be more aware and have had the best conversations with like the cashier at Target. Or I was telling you yesterday about the couple I met in the elevator in the apartment building where I was visiting somebody else. And what what's fun about that is when we when that anointing starts pouring through us and we're just loving people, it's like we get filled up with it at the same time. So God will continue continually fill you up during this Christmas season as you just pour out. Just realize and remember that we are the fragrance of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when we walk along, I like to think about it. When Before I even get there, can people sense that Christ is in the coming? And when I leave, can people know that they have experienced the presence of Jesus? And that's what I want to be during these holidays. I want to be that way, not all caught up in all the crazy stuff that we've typically caught up in and um, walking under a burden of just things that are not even so because we are victorious in Christ. And so just want to exhort you, our our listening audience, to allow Jesus to continually fill you in the way that you pour out and love on others. I think we did all right on our practice, don't you? That's the way you want to end it then. All right. <laughs>